Did you know Scarface was both directly and indirectly responsible for up to 400 murders, but only went to prison for tax evasion? Hello, and welcome to 20s to 20s, where we compare the 1920s to today, the 20s 20s. I'm your host, Logan Glidewell. Today's episode, Gangsters of the 20s, what they did, who they were, how they relate to today, and some more crazy fun facts. Did you know organized crime wasn't even really a thing in the United States before Prohibition? Sure, there was still crime, but the most organized thing was really just street thugs running small-time extortion and loan-sharking scams. When Prohibition came into effect in 1920, it caused businesses to die, employees to lose their jobs, and of course, people thirsty for booze. Obviously, someone had to step in and take care of this, and who better than the mobsters? They were already in the employ of the political machines and knew how to get what they wanted. Now, they could use this power to get what others wanted too. With the making and selling of alcohol being an interstate and even international business, there was tons of profit to be made, and gangsters were not going to be able to do it themselves. They had the firepower, but needed more brains. So they would hire lawyers and accountants to help successfully run the operation. They also had to get creative with how they could distribute the alcohol and how they could launder the millions of dollars they were raking in. Abedinsky, a criminal justice professor at St. John's University and author of Organized Crime History.com, even says they had to become businessmen, and that gave rise to what we now call organized crime. So, as you know, in 1933, Prohibition was ended, and although alcohol was no longer a major cash grab for these gangsters, the newly innovative tactics and business schemes of organized crimes were here to stay. Gangsters now had to move to other businesses, including drugs, gambling, and prostitution. As Dave Roos puts it, in hindsight, it's clear that Prohibition a national temperance campaign aimed at reforming America's worst tendencies gave birth to one of the nation's worst criminal traditions. These gangs also profited hugely from the Great Depression. The most profitable and legit businesses were actually created through organized crime during this time. Now, the 1920s had some of the deadliest and most infamous gang wars. One such example being the St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929, when Al Capone's men dressed as police officers and gunned down seven of their rival gang's henchmen. Although the gangsters during this time were responsible for many bad things, including murders and robberies, they also did a lot of good. Obviously, during Prohibition, they helped to make and distribute alcohol all over the nation. But another example of good is Charles Floyd, a bank robber from this time who was generally liked by the public because when he robbed banks, he would destroy mortgage documents, freeing many people from their debts. When the Great Depression put many people out of work and unable to afford even the smallest amount of food, none other than Al Capone, 
A man labeled as public enemy number one came to their rescue. Capone opened up a soup kitchen, which served breakfast, lunch, and dinner to an average of 2,200 Chicagoans every single day. In fact, according to Dave Roos for History.com, on Thanksgiving in 1930, Capone's soup kitchen served holiday helpings to 5,000 Chicagoans. You know, these guys may have been seen as bad, bad men by the media, but their impact on the American people is truly remarkable when you really step back and take a look at all the good they did. Well, that concludes this week's episode of 20s to 20s. Thank you all for listening. I hope you learned something new about the gangsters of the 1920s. Come back next week when we delve into the American dream and how the American dream of the 1920s is much different from the American dream of today. Thank you and have a fantastic day.